Hi everyone, I would like to thank my new Patreon supporter, Andrew, who just signed on today with a very generous pledge. I couldn't be happier about that. Thank you so much, Andrew. And really, I'm quite overwhelmed and very moved, so thank you. For those of you who might want to contribute as well to the upkeep of the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you too can pledge your support, either monthly or yearly. It's a big, festive month here at Counter Melody, and I'm going to, without any further ado, lead off into today's episode. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Guntlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode. It's Black History Month, and that's my favorite month of the year because I get to devote myself with such vigor and enthusiasm to a subject that is of utmost importance to me. I salute all of the young singers out there who are doing such amazing work, all the fantastic new work that's being created. I couldn't be more excited about it. But my focus is more that of an historian. And so I tend to bring singers from the past more to your awareness. And I have some pretty interesting subjects lined up for this month, I think. And I'm going to start the whole month off with a big happy birthday to the phenomenal Martina Arroyo. She'll be getting her own separate episode next week. But I would like her to lead us off with this performance of On My Journey, a spiritual arranged by Leonard Depore. Arroyo is heard accompanied by the choirs of the Harlem School of the Arts and St. James Presbyterian Church, both led by Dorothy Maynor in this joyous 
Yes, Dorothy Maynard. She is the subject of today's episode. What a phenomenal woman. What a voice. What a visionary. The next on the command performance sung by one of America's greatest singers. In my opinion, one of the greatest singers in the whole world, Dorothy Maynard. Menor will sing Devotion of Richard Strauss. Leopold Stokowski opining that Dorothy Maynard might just well have been the greatest singer in the world at the time that radio recording was made in 1942. I hope that all of you know the name Dorothy Maynard, for she was not only possessed of a glorious voice, she had an incredible spirit. She founded the Harlem School of the Arts in 1964 and served as its president until 1979, when the gorgeous and equally phenomenal Betty Allen took over as president. So it was indeed very appropriate that we heard the choir of the Harlem School of the Arts backing Martina in that gorgeous On My Journey. In keeping with the way that I've been running my podcast lately, I like to start with a few short selections to give you some idea of the range and scope of the artist being discussed. So, without any further ado, let me offer you more of the phenomenal Dorothy Maynard. Here to lead off is a 1940 recording made for private distribution by the armed forces. Here's Swing Low, Sweet Chariot.
not only is that a glorious voice, there is something so transcendent in her singing of that Swing Low Sweet Chariot. It brings tears to my eyes every time I hear it. That hushed, devotional, tensely personal quality wedded to that voice that is simply one of the most glorious sounds I've ever heard in my life. And here, in a 1945 recording, is a portion of the Alleluia from Mozart's Exultate Jubilate. It shows off her phenomenal technique. how well Dorothy Maynard could move her voice. And here is a further example of that, a very playful performance from the year 1947 of the final portion of Schubert's Der Hirt auf dem Felsen. We hear the clarinetist David Oppenheim and the pianist George Schick accompanying Dorothy Maynard, Der Frühling willkommen. Der Frühling willkommen, der Ich gehe auf den, der Herr, 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 der Herr,
number of years ago, a live recording of Dorothy Maynard and the Hungarian pianist Arpad Sándor performing at the Library of Congress on the 18th of December, 1940, was published. It adds so much to our appreciation and understanding of the artistry of Dorothy Maynard, and I'll be playing a number of excerpts from that today. First off, let's listen to the conclusion of Ludwig van Beethoven's very long song Adelaide. There is such intensity in this performance, such immediacy, such a radiant quality. I keep using the word radiance, but honestly, that is one of the primary characteristics of this singer. Dorothy Maynard was revered in the business, and she worked with many of the biggest conductors. Here, in a 1950 live performance at the Hollywood Bowl with the San Francisco Symphony led by Pierre Monteux, is the second verse of The Last Rose of Summer. Thank you. 
I go on with more selections, let's just talk a little bit about the life of Dorothy Maynard. She was born on the 3rd of September, 1910, in Norfolk, Virginia, to the Reverend John J. Maynard, a local African-American Methodist minister, and his wife, Alice. A friend of the family said of the young Dorothy that there were very few persons who did not find her to be utterly charming and attractive. The family lived comfortably, and Dorothy and her siblings were introduced early to music. When she was only 14, her parents sent her to school at the Hampton Institute, where she first attended the college preparatory program and then continued her studies and received her degree, studying under R. Nathaniel Dett, a teacher, composer, pianist, choral director, overall musical polymath who lived from 1882 to 1943 and is finally, finally beginning to receive increased recognition for his work as a composer. I've been reading reports of recent high-profile performances of his oratorio, The Ordering of Moses, for instance. We are also going to hear very shortly a number of his arrangements of spirituals and even a solo song composed to a text that he also wrote himself. That's all coming up. Let's return to Dorothy, however. Following her graduation from the Hampton Institute, she received a scholarship to attend Westminster Choir College in Princeton. While there, she earned a bachelor's degree in choral conducting. Following the receipt of her degree in 1935, she moved to New York to continue her vocal study. In her first years in New York, she had limited success, but then she attended the Berkshire Music Festival, and friends arranged for her to do an audition for Serge Kusevitsky, who, of course, was the conductor of the Boston Symphony. His initial reluctance turned to astonishment when he heard her sing, and he immediately began engaging her for concerts and recordings. We're going to hear one of those recordings right now, a performance of Ach Ichfus from Die Zauberflöte, in which Serge Kusevitsky conducts the Boston Symphony and Dorothy Maynard sings the part of Pamina. Thank you. 
Here is one of the great injustices that Dorothy Maynard faced. This was a major operatic voice on a par with any other voice out there at that time. And yet the doors of the opera houses remained resolutely closed to her. So she only sang opera arias in concert with some of the most phenomenal conductors of the day, mind you. But alas, she never sang a complete opera. But I am going to play you a number of those performances, both live and studio, right now. Claude Debussy's L'Enfant Prodigue is not literally an opera, but it's close enough. It sounds very much like Massenet to my ear, and I love the aria of Leah, the mother of the prodigal son, Azael. This is a brief excerpt from Maynard's 1940 recording with Eugene Ormandy and the Philadelphia Orchestra. It's interesting to me that Dorothy Maynard, even with her very reserved demeanor, often sang arias which depict the most intense passions. Surely her most famous recording and her most famous aria was Depuis le jour from Gustave Charpentier's Louise. This is a celebration of hedonistic love, Louise has left her parents to live, quote, in sin with her lover Julien in his Paris loft. 
There are a number of extant performances of Dorothy Maynard singing this aria. My favorite is one from a Voice of Firestone radio broadcast in the year 1944. Here it is. Now Dorothy Maynard sings the aria from Louise, The Puy Le Jour.
Now, Dorothy Maynard had the vocal chops to be a Verdi soprano. I don't know of too many examples of her singing Verdi. I did find one from that live concert with Pierre Monteux at the Hollywood Bowl. She sings Pace, Pace, Mio Dio, but even though she has the vocal chops, I don't think she quite has the sense of gravitas, the enormity of utterance that it takes to bring off this aria. But I'm going to play a portion of it for you anyway, so that you can hear both the gloriousness of the voice and her somewhat awkward and tentative approach to the final pages of the scene. Oh, <laughs> 
also sang a good deal of Baroque music. Another one of her most celebrated recordings is of O Sleep, Why Dost Thou Leave Me, from Handel's Oratorio Semele. This again is a highly eroticized piece, so in a way it's odd to hear Maynard sing it, but she sings it with such purity. It's one of the most exquisite vocal performances I know. There is a very celebrated recording that she made with Kusevitsky. I'm going to play you the one accompanied by Arpad Shandor from the Library of Congress concert in 1940. Dorothy Maynor was also a devoted 
Christian. In 1942, she married the Reverend Shelby Rooks, whom she had known for a number of years, and she joined the faculty of Bennett College, serving as the head of the music department. Now here is a very important first in which Dorothy Maynor figured. She was the first African-American to sing for the inauguration of an American president. She performed for the inaugurations of both Harry S. Truman and Dwight D. Eisenhower. Now we're going to hear a few examples of Dorothy Maynor singing music that reflects her profound faith. First is a performance of Blue Tenur du Liebes Herz from Bach's St. Matthew Passion, but she sings it in English as Only Bleed and Break.
not sure exactly when this recording was made. It appears to me that it was made sometime in the early 1950s, although I'm not 100% sure of that. What I am sure of is that in 1942, Dorothy Maynard made a recording of eight spirituals, most of them arranged by her former teacher, R. Nathaniel Dett. She's accompanied by an unaccompanied male chorus, and I'm going to play you two of those spirituals from that 1942 set that was released on RCA Victor. First, I Couldn't Hear Nobody Pray, which I think became sort of a theme song for her. She certainly sings it with a great deal of intensity and variety. Here is another spiritual, Gimme That Old Time Religion, which she performs with such delight, and it's really one of my favorite of her recordings. Oh, 
Episode, we heard a brief excerpt from that private recording that was made for the armed forces. I want to play you as well her recording from that same record of Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child. It will tear your heart out.
Dorothy Maynard was also an active recitalist and an extremely skilled one. It's interesting how many singers, and not just black ones, began their careers in the 40s and 50s with the intention of being concert singers. Two that spring to mind are Shirley Verrett and Carol Neblett. But of course, they became primarily celebrated as opera singers. That door, as I said, was not open to Dorothy Maynard. And so she devoted herself to concert work, both with orchestras and with piano. Now I'm going to play you a few excerpts from that incredible Library of Congress recording. First, I want to give further evidence that she was, not that she would have been, but that she was the Strauss soprano of one's dreams. Imagine this voice cresting over some of those gorgeous Strauss operatic lines. But what we do have here is a recording of Strauss's Wiegenlied, set to a poem by Richard Demel, and I'm going to play a portion of that for you right now. Clearly, Maynard also had a good sense of French style. Another song that she sang on that Library of Congress concert was Georges Bizet's 
Adieu de l'Hôtesse Arabe. Again, a highly erotically charged piece that I'm not sure she really invests with quite the right kind of intense regret that I think is inherent in the text. She ends with this big whoop at the end, which sort of surprised me. But she really can handle the melismatic writing, and I think in that way, it's an extremely effective performance. Even in 1940, Dorothy Maynor was championing the work of black composers. On that Library of Congress concert, she sang the work of three different black composers, composed art songs, not just spiritual arrangements. First, I'm going to play you by the black British composer Samuel Coleridge Taylor, his setting of the Robert Louis Stevenson poem, She Rested by the Broken Brook. Thank you. 
A song by Maynard's former teacher, Nathaniel Dett, set to a poem by the composer himself. This is My Day.
And finally, the work of a composer whom I had not previously heard of, but whose work on the basis of this song I find to be really exceptional. His name is Cecil Cohen. He was a Chicago-born composer who lived from 1894 to 1967 and taught for many years on the faculty of Howard University. This is his setting of a text by the black poet County Cullen. This is Epitaph for a Poet. I have wrapped my dreams in a silken cloth and laid them away in a box of gold where In 1963, Dorothy Maynor retired from singing to work with her husband at the parish he led at St. James Church in Harlem. And that very same year, she founded the Harlem School of the Arts. According to her obituary in the New York Times in the year 1977, she raised more than $2 million to build a new facility for the school, which at its inception served 20 children, and these days continues to thrive and grow. Of course, Dorothy Maynor often sang those sorts of inspirational, spiritual songs, such as the one which we now hear introduced by Moss Hart on a 1951 telecast honoring the work of Richard Rogers. This is Moss Hart. I asked if I might make the next introduction. You will never walk alone from Rogers and Hammerstein's play, Carousel, will be sung for us now by Miss Dorothy Maynard.
Here's another interesting fact about Dorothy Maynard. She was the first African-American to be named to the Metropolitan Opera Board of Directors in 1975. This in spite of the fact that, of course, she never sang on the stage of that house. Dorothy Maynard died on the 19th of February, 1996. I would like to conclude this tribute to her by offering you a recording from Felix Mendelssohn's Elijah of the aria Hear Ye Israel. It's one of Maynard's most impressive recordings on so many levels. I'm so glad that you joined me today in paying tribute to her memory and to her accomplishment. Dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach.